get this done. And he's like, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to pass. Like we, we don't want that. We want, and it was a, it was a miscommunication between the marketing director thought she had leeway with it, but the president was like, no, we're not moving this. I'm telling you, man, like I, I, I made the conversation like a little bit worthwhile, but when you have those kind of discussions, like it is so disheartening because you're just like, I put all this effort in and literally like you guys, your team wasn't on the same page. And so it was all for nothing. Like it was like, and he's like, but you guys, can you guys still do my design? And I'm just like, no, like as much as I want the money, like it's not feasible for us to do this. So I don't know why I told you that story. I was talking about difficult conversations and it was like a very challenging conversation. Dude, I mean, sometimes you do have to have those uh, difficult conversations, whether you're on the receiving end or you're on the giving end. There is never an easy uh, one-size-fits-all solution, and it's easy for me to, you know, get up here and talk, um, but each situation is definitely different, and I try to reflect back when I have those conversations or receive those conversations, and it's like, okay... What is this silver lining? Now, maybe right after the meeting, I might feel a little heated or whatever emotion I'm feeling. But yeah, it's like I had to take a step back. And I saw something recently. And if you kind of think this way, which I kind of do think this way, like everything happens for a reason. And like you're brought into those situations because like that's the path that you ultimately need to be put down. Whether or not that's what you want to deal with, you have to figure out a way to deal with it. Um but yeah, I mean, I think it's totally human to, you know, either get a little riled up or wh- whatever type of emotion, but recognizing that that emotion, again, should be very temporary and don't make a long-term consequence from a short-term emotion. But anyhow. Well, I think I think the, uh, the part you said kind of gave me chills a little bit is like, and I try, and you, you try to remember this, right? You try to remember like things happen for a reason. I'm in this situation because I should be, because I got to learn this lesson, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in the moment, you're like, I don't, I don't see what lesson I'm learning here. Now, looking back on that conversation, you know, there was a lot of good that came out of that, right? Like, yeah, you know, for this specific instance, you look back and say, hey, you know, what did what did I show? I showed that I'm, I'm super communicative. I listen to the details. I can get stuff done in a timely manner, right? And I showed my work ethic. Like, I'm going to get this done for you guys if you need it done. Now, whether or not it ended up obviously being a miscommunication, you know, that's that's just something you can't really avoid. But it definitely, looking back on it, going, you're probably right. In six months from now, that that conversation, that difficult conversation where I had to be like, I got put on the spot where it's like, my whole team's on the phone. Like you basically wasted your time. And I'm like, well, I appreciate that, but here's what we did. And so if you want us to, you know, and I set that up that way. And I think that's a lesson for anybody listening to this to learn is like, you know, I I love that. Like any situation you're in, you're there. There's a reason why you're in that situation, whether it's good or bad, or whether you know the reason at the time or not, there's a, there's something that's going to come out of that. Amen. Well, before we get too far into this, let's, Welcome, everyone, to another fire episode of Unscripted Exchanges. If you are watching the video feed, you will notice some enhancements 
Jimmy has stepped his game up. He came to Cole and I asking for a promotion, and we told him, not so fast. You got to step your game up. So he's definitely coming through for us. Uh, Cole and I have some awesome topics of conversation here again this evening. Cole, I do have to add, is that a real background by the way because it it looks like a stock it it looks beautiful i'm not kidding i'm I'm not just saying that i'll I'll prove it yeah i'll prove it i'm in my backyard just wait until you watch this back man it it looks phenomenal not only our updates but like just your background i literally thought that that was just like some type of stock image from the internet it does it does a little bit doesn't it like it looks picturesque yeah exactly took the words right out of my mouth how you been man how you been i know you've been traveling family I can't complain. You know, daughters are doing phenomenal. We had uh wife's doing amazing. She's, she's a, a gift to me every single day. Shout she's out a gift to Amanda. To right. Dude, she is, you know, over the top. She's an amazing mom, amazing wife. Um, I left her last week for a work trip the entire week with the two kids. She handled it like a champ. And then last night we had Halloween, which I'm going to tell you about this. So it was so cute. So Ava was a witch uh, Blake was a chameleon and I was Harry Potter. <laughs> and you know what I decided? I thought this would be so cool. I was Harry Potter last year. I'm going to be Harry Potter every Halloween for like the rest of my life. Cause think about how funny of like a picture collage I can put together. Like literally I'm the same exact same costume, same everything. I'd be like 70 years old and I'll have like gray hair and I'll have a cane or something. <laughs> and I'll have, like a, it'll be so funny. I um, love that idea. So what, what house are you in or what house would you be in? Gryffindor. Come okay. on. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I figured that hat. was going to be your answer, but you do, you, you know, the hat, you get the hat will listen to your, you know, you can tell the hat where you want to be. You yeah. know that, yeah. right? The, the hat knows. Yeah. The hat knows, but you can you can tell the hat. So, I mean, Hayden, I've been fantastic. Um, and then I'll have to share on our feed because I wanted to mention that. So Ava, this weekend for a horse show, we dre- I haven't showed you this yet. So we had a Halloween horse show. Uh-huh. And part of that, part of the one of the events was you get to dress up in a costume. Yeah. And you get to dress your horse up. I'm not kidding you. Like we literally got her horse to look like a zebra. We spray painted it with like washable paint and like chalk. Her horse, she was a zookeeper and her horse was a zebra. That is so cool. It was so geeky. It was so cool. Just wait until we have a production team. We're speaking this into existence. We'll be able to literally pull that up in real time uh, to look at it together. Um, and share I'm it to the viewers, you, but yeah, gotta last check thing it out I'll afterwards. Say about it, Hayden. Yeah, go. You know, okay, you're probably one of those people. I know you well enough now. After work, you know that you can look at an image or like look at something online and be like, "Hey, I want to do that." Yeah, and you do it, and it actually looks like the image or what you saw online. That's not so much my case. I'm typically the person that like sees something. I'm like, "Oh, it looks great," and I do it, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what?" What did I just make? <laughs> so like this this image of, of Gracie, her horse, we had seen this zebra online of somebody that did the same thing. And I'm thinking, oh, that's, you know, that's cake. But I really was super shocked, and I'll have to share it. I was super shocked when the image that I'd seen online actually looked like her. I'm like, that's finally, 
It's taken me 28 years to finally be able to duplicate something I saw online. Like, this is it. It like, sounds like you would have gotten an A plus uh, in art on on this project. <laughs> on this project, yeah, with Home Run. She she got second place, and the only reason she got second place was because this little miniature pony tapioca was a had like a three year old on her, and it was like a ladybug. So I mean, you can't beat like a, a three year old on a pony. Man. I mean. Still sounds like she got robbed. You know, she did get robbed. I, I think she did get robbed. this is a perfect though uh, segue into uh, a topic that we wanted to dive into. You were describing how you know some folks might see things visually, and hey, that inspires me. I kind of want to go out and, and do this. Like there is definitely a whole bunch of different strategies which you and I can get into. Want to hear your take in terms of you know maybe strategizing or thinking, Hey, I need to put this plan together and then I need to go out and do something or I need to read this textbook or all these books before I go out and execute versus, Hey, maybe I should just go take that, uh, leap of faith, execute, figure out things as I go. And maybe I'll learn a lot more that way versus yeah, the standard textbook or watching all these tutorials. So kind of want to just poke around and get your thoughts on, on some of that. So there's a couple different ways I think that that applies like that, that, that process. So, and I think it's, it's, it varies from each individual um, experience or, or endeavor you're going after, Mm -hmm. because I do think there are certain things that trial by error or trial by fire is the way I like, I always have to say trial by fire. You've probably heard me say that a million times trial by fire, meaning, you know, you jump into the jump into the fire and see how you do versus staying on the outside and figuring out how, how you know. So I would say like there there is good and bad to each each one. I'll point out one that I think from personal experience is not something that you do trial by fire. Mm-hmm. And that is finances. Mm. I think managing your finances, understanding how your money works, how to money make your money work for you mm-hmm. and being able to invest in a smart way, make strategic investments, uh, be able to manage cash flow and things of that nature. I 1 million percent after learning from doing it the wrong way and doing it as a trial by fire, I've learned the hard way that managing your finances or trying to do like trying to navigate you know, raising a family, having a mortgage, having a car payment, all these credit card offers, buying a new car, right? You got a lawn guy, you owe him money, you got doctor bills. I mean, they all, all of a sudden, it all starts piling up. And if you don't understand how to A, budget, you know, B, make your money go where you want it to go, and C, invest your money, then you're kind of just throwing throwing darts at the wall and hoping they're going to stick. And the problem with that is, is that you can dig yourself. I got lucky, but you, you know, cause I, I figured this out and I would say I was extremely lucky to understand money enough to not make some huge, huge mistakes, but typically, you know, generally speaking, you can get into a lot of trouble by trial by fire when it comes to your finances. You know, you go start spending money on this car and that car and buy this new house and, and spending, and now all of a sudden you're, you know, Fifty thousand dollars in debt, and how do you get out of it? Well, that's the, the, the that's the thing. So, I would say like finances. 
I think there's a fine lot. There's a very fine line, but educating yourself beforehand and, and, and consistently educating yourself by reading books, by listening to experts, by absorbing information that's from a trusted media source is huge. Um, I'll say one of my personal goals, I'll, I'll call I'll tell our, our listeners, one of my personal goals is I want to be the smartest financial expert I know. And not necessarily, I'm never going to be that. But the goal is not necessarily to be the smartest, but to just educate myself. Mm. Like, how can I become so dangerous when it comes to managing my money and using my money and making my money work for me? Uh, that's that's a thing. So that's something that you should constantly educate yourself on. There are other things in life that you can read a bunch of books, you can read a bunch of articles, you can analyze and put strategies down. And at the end of the day, all that matters is like is feedback and feedback, the feedback loop, meaning you try something and you get feedback out of that. I think sales, sales marketing specifically, if I'm going to dial in on two activities that are so reliant on feedback, the feedback loop are sales and marketing and starting a business mm -hmm. because you really never know until you actually do it, until you've actually started and, and gone after your first customer or, or started your first marketing campaign that flopped or tried your first advertisement that you didn't get any calls on, you don't know if that's going to work or not. So you can read all these books that tell you how great it is and you can do all this strategy and you can write everything down. But until you actually try it, you don't, first of all, you're not going to get any results if you don't try. So you're just kind of sitting stagnant, but you're not going to know what's going to work until you've done something that doesn't work. So that's my my belief system on that. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you kind of jump in because I've got a kind of a story to tell. But I want to hear your feedback first or your thoughts on kind of what I just said. Those are just a couple things that I think kind of there's this this area of learning mm -hmm. consistently yep. and educating yourself beforehand. And also like this other aspect that's you only learn by doing. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all phenomenal points, Cole. You've got a lot packed into to what you mentioned there. And I kind of have a very similar uh, belief system or approach. There are definitely things in life that you can kind of just rip off the Band-Aid and, as you like to say, trial by fire um, and, and kind of just learn as you go. There are plenty of examples that I could speak to um, one that immediately comes to mind would be unscripted exchanges. Um, I don't know the best way to be designing some of our um, media assets, but I'm willing to roll up my sleeves, and you've seen me do it, and I'm going to try something different on a, a, a weekly podcast. Um, as you can see here, there's a different view that we have. This might hit home to some of our viewers. It might not, and that's all right. We'll gather that feedback, as you said, we'll react to it, and then we'll adjust accordingly. And I think that's so cool to react in real time, or quote unquote, at least real time, and see, okay, this is probably not the best approach, or no, this is working. Let's continue down this path. But always trying to learn, as you said, and figure out what 
inefficiencies exist or where can I optimize? I love that. And then as you also mentioned, there are just certain situations where you got to be strategic or you're going to end up causing a world of pain that you don't want to get yourself into. And you shared an example with finances. So I'm not going to add any more to that. I think though, it is, there are certain things though in life where learning the hard lesson though is like the only way um, that something's going to get through to you. And it sucks, especially I'm sure from your perspective, having children, like there are certain things that you just know as a parent, cause you've lived through it. It's like, no, I know that's not going to work. And sometimes your kid might, you know, challenge you, talk back to you. But like, there are those situations where you got to let your kid quote unquote fail. And then they're going to finally learn that lesson versus you like verbally telling them like, Hey, no, this isn't going to work. And again, it's, it's so subjective or relative. I know we say that about a lot of different topics that we talk about, but we truly mean it. Um, but it's just recognizing that there is no such thing as like a one size fits all, um, situation and, and recognizing, okay, maybe this is something where I can kind of just trial, by air and there's not so much risk associated with it versus, okay, there is so much risk associated with this. Let me take a step back, put together some type of plan. If I need some additional help, let's make sure I'm getting that help before diving headfirst and causing, again, a world of pain. So totally agree with you on everything that you shared. And I really kind of just repeated what you said, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, I appreciate you supporting what I had to say. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there you could take this conversation on for days and days and days. And I also think this comes back to Hayden, this whole topic, this whole conversation around preparation and strategy versus, you know, trial by fire, just jumping in. Yep. And where I think people get held up a lot in life is they don't want to jump in because they're afraid to fail. So they won't try something or they won't give something a go because they look at like that first feedback loop as failure. They look at like, oh, I did this and somebody didn't like it. So I, I failed. I quit. That's not what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to, I'm going to challenge our listeners, the college kids, the fresh out of college, the, you know, late twenties, early thirties, who, wherever you are in life to not be so deterred by the first quote unquote failure when you've started something new. Because when you start something new that you've never done before, which raising my hand, Hayden and I, we started Unscripted Exchanges with zero, zero background in podcasting and and, and putting on a show and, and social media. We didn't have any of that. And if we would have the first month and a half, two months, even today, if we were to look and go, oh, we only got 150 listens on this episode. We suck. If we would have looked at it like that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Like, no, I challenge our listeners to look at that feedback loop as a positive because that means you're doing something that's garnering engagement. You know, whether it was good, you know, negative or positive, the, the negative engagement, the negative reaction just means you can tweak something. You can change it or you might not have gotten what you wanted, but you're better off than you were before. So the, the thing I'm challenging is, is to take that that first feedback loop that you get, even the first 50 times you get feedback on something you're trying for the first time, that's good. That is going to teach you a lot more than any book or anything you could have watched because that is real world 
real life experience. And I, you know, I'm even, I'll even go as far as to say this specifically to job seekers, go after the job you want, take a swing. You know, if you find something you like, don't just go down the list of the qualifications and tell yourself, Hey, I shouldn't do it. Be creative, go the extra mile, you get turned down, you get turned down, but now, you know, okay, this is what that recruiter was looking for. This recruiter wanted me to say this. So it really wasn't the fact that I didn't have a six-year degree. It was that I didn't have experience working in Excel. So I could say that the next one, whatever it is. I just, uh, I'm challenging our listeners to, to not be so deterred by that first negative feedback loop because nine times out of 10, you're not going to get positive feedback right away. Yeah, I mean, how many times on average do you think it takes a child to officially learn how to walk? Like, you know, that cliche saying is like, you got to learn how to crawl before you can walk and learn how to walk before you can run. And like, when you're such a young uh, human, like you don't necessarily think, oh, I've tried 25 times and I've failed. Like you literally just keep going and you figure it out. Like that, I think is what I'm hearing from you. Now there's definitely some flavors or tactics that you can maybe tweak because you don't always want to do maybe the same thing and expect a different result because that's the definition of insanity. But what we're trying to hit home on is just because you fail the first couple of times doesn't mean if you make a slight little change doesn't mean that your, your outcome is going to be the same. You could end up hitting that inflection point. And that's what motivates, I think both of us with this project here and what we're doing on this show. I mean, Who's to say that this episode or the next episode isn't that big inflection point where we could get this shown to some big time person and they want to come on our show because they just like our energy and that's what's going to allow us to pop off and have 10 million views on YouTube. We don't know, but the thing is we're willing to keep trying and put out good energy, good energy. Like we truly believe that if we put in good inputs, it's going to lead to good outputs. And we're going to keep tweaking that recipe. And that's, again, where your sales and marketing background come into play with also my sales and marketing background. Now, I'm more so marketing and you're more so sales, but that's kind of how we coexist and build this winning recipe. And I know not to keep tooting our own horn here, but again, figure out what you're good at. And it's not going to be something that you're going to be good at overnight. It's going to take a really, really, really long time. And no one's going to be able to tell you how long it's going to officially take. It all goes back to having that winning mindset of, I want to learn. I'm fine with failure. Let's figure a way out. So anyhow. I love it. I love it. And I'll I'll top that off, Aiden, with what I hear you saying is it's persistence. A lot of it's persistence too. Yes, sir. It's the it's the willingness to persist and keep moving the ball and keep and keep chugging along until you get where you want to go. Yeah. How dope is this idea? This is just a random thought that popped into my head. Um, oh, I love the random. I love the. You love those Pops on. Thoughts. You love Baby those unscripted exchanges. Uh, in those two. So I, I did see this on uh, Instagram, and it's from a company called Unconventional Acquisitions. Uh, shout out to that team over there. We'd love to have them on the show um, someday. Uh, and really what they do is they cover a lot of businesses that are seen as unconventional, but they do really well. 
Um, and one of these ideas, and again, a lot of this is marketing like anything out there where they don't show you all of the details and there's always things that you can debate. But anyhow, think of like a vending machine. I don't know if you've seen this too, Cole, but a vending machine, historically speaking, just is filled with crap. And you know me, I'm a health nut. So I don't typically go to vending machines anymore because they're just filled with crap. Again, that's up for debate. But what this idea is, is building on to the concept of a vending machine, but it's with healthy food. And there's probably plenty of different companies or variations out there, but essentially they package these meal kits um, and they put together some healthy food options. And this vending machine is positioned in some heavy traffic airports. So you know you're going to have some clientele that is willing to spend a ridiculous amount of money because you have all types of demographics there. So I'm sure this isn't for everyone, which is fine. It's like any product. And essentially, they're selling these healthy um, meal kits out of this vending machine. So essentially, the upfront cost is really the machine itself. And then you have like the the packaging, but you have kind of like what has been referred to as, and they're growing as ghost kitchens where these, uh, vendors could basically meal prep and build these recipes for you. And they Mm -hmm. stock then your, your vending machine. I think that's a phenomenal idea. And what they were covering is the fact that this one in particular, this girl was counting how many, um, products were built within or built bought within the hour. And I think they sold over like what equated to $5,000. Now, again, you don't know what the cost of goods are, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, to me, that was a light bulb moment. It's like, damn, this is a newer technology with like the display of the products that you wanted. It highlighted the ingredients for those that are health conscious Two, it was having just good quality food there. And three, it seemed like just a phenomenal idea. So like to me, I want to poke around a little bit more and maybe invest in doing something like that. And again, that goes back to what we were talking about with, hey, maybe we just kind of dive on in and and figure this out uh, versus having to be super strategic because I'm sure there's only so many of these that are operating throughout the United States. And maybe if we're one of those early adopters, we might end up being pretty darn successful with starting something very similar. So I wanted to pass that along. I was inspired by it. Thought you might care to know. Um, and I love a lot of their content. So again, shout out to, uh, unconventional acquisitions. Well, so I've got a couple things to say about that. First, I love, I love the whole m- platform of, of these unconventional, these, these people. Yeah. Cause I've actually seen them before mm-hmm. and I love the concept of the, first of all, of the, of the call it a kiosk, call it a vending machine, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yep. It's a vending machine that you get healthy food. Yep. What that kind of reminds me of is this, like I've had this Hayden, I've had this thought the back of my mind for a while now, the more entrepreneurs I talk to, the more people that make money in, in truly unconventional ways or ways that like aren't mainstream media ways. Like you didn't start a software business and move to Silicon Valley and raise $500 million. Like that's typically what we're fed, right? Mm-hmm. When you're looking at like startups, you're fed the entrepreneurs that are in the front of Crunchbase or Forbes. And that's what you see. But what you don't see is the millions and millions of multimillionaires and even billionaires that had 67 subways and 15 
you know, one of the big ones actually is storages, storage, uh, a storage facility. So storage containers, like literally that's a huge, 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 huge money making machine. But like, that's not, that's not sexy, right? You own, you own five different storage facilities. Great. But dude, those guys are making, you know, think about their overhead. They got to put locks on the doors and make sure there's a security camera and some fence around it. And they're collecting, you know, $200 a month per storage container. Do the math. Right. Those are things like this vending machine idea where my head's been going recently going, you know, it's great. We're going to we're going to pop off with unscripted. But that's not the only place we're going to make our money. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a, a lot of money in w- ways that are, quote unquote, unconventional. Yep. Because it's just stuff that people don't want to get into. Mm-hmm. It's it's stuff that it's so easy. Like I love that vending machine idea. I'm like. Dude, I might have to go research some of that tonight because that's just brilliant, yep. right? That's brilliant. Yep. yep. Even the people that own ATM machines, you know how much money you can make off an ATM machine? A lot. A ton of money. Yeah. Dude, every time somebody takes cash out, they pay what three ninety five. Three. Every time somebody, literally, people are paying just to take cash out of your machine. Well, you have a little bit of maintenance and restocking. That's it. It isn't sexy as you said, but hey, it might make you a lot of money. It's not sexy, but it can make you a shit ton. You know what I, I thought of the other day too? Um, is like all of these home restoration companies and and tier like there's so many businesses out. I've heard, always heard forever. Even my dad mentioned it on his episode on the episode with him. Mm-hmm. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. He's like, you own a heating and cooling franchise, you're rolling in dough. Yep. It's like people always need heating and heating and air conditioning. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not sexy. Like that's that's the and so I, I love that you pointed that out because I think the the path to financial freedom isn't always conventional. Amen, my friend. I, I think a couple of other remarks before we probably look to wrap up tonight's episode is if you can drive value for customers, you're gonna have a winning product or a winning recipe, whatever you want to refer to it as. Now, I am cutting through some of the fat, but if you can truly provide value, people are going to be willing to buy your product or your service. Or another way of saying that is, if you can help solve a pain point or a problem for a customer, which in the form is a return of value, they're going to be willing to fork over some money. And the example that we just described here with these healthy kiosk or vending machines, it is for the people that are still very health conscious and they still want something pretty quick and easy. And there isn't a lot of those options out there. So again, that is driving some form of value to customers that want and are looking for stuff like that. Uh, So again, just hitting home on the point of what problem am I solving for? What value can I provide to others? And we've talked about this ad nauseum on plenty of episodes, Cole, but again, can't hurt to continue to reemphasize that uh, as we continue to add additional ventures to our catalog of what we want to do uh, now and into the far, far future. Um, And then the other thing that kind of just once again, explicitly call out, we're not going to be able to dissect every single thing, but 
what we are highlighting doesn't always capture maybe some of the downsides or the things that get overlooked. And that's because, again, to use some of Cole's uh, phrases here, it's not quote unquote sexy. Like there are still going to be times where you go through trials and tribulations, especially with maybe this example that we've been talking about. You got to figure out, okay, how much does it truly cost to maybe put together these meal uh, kits? Maybe your profit margins are only like two to 3%. And is two to 3% really going to help move the needle for whatever lifestyle you're trying to live? Again, only you can answer those questions. So I think I just wanted to sprinkle in that nothing's as easy as it sounds. Like you got to be, again, consistent. You got to be willing to put in the hard work. I know all this stuff is very cliche, but you got to hear it too. And we have to remind ourselves, Cole, of this. We, we do it all the time. Like we think that we're going to be an overnight success. I shouldn't say we think that, but we are motivated wishing that we would see certain results sooner than later. And we, we started to move the needle, which is fantastic. But again, we have to hold ourselves more accountable and patient to continue on. And we're going to keep tweaking things along the way. I I know I'm kind of going down a little bit of a a rabbit hole here, but I wanted to make sure I I slid in those additional uh, remarks based on some of the stuff that you were sharing as well. But a lot of great points here. No, Hayden, I think think you hit the nail on the head. Um, And again, it comes back to uh, instant gratification, Mm. which we've talked about a lot. Yep. Um, and it's the reward, it's the, it's the reward matrix our brain kind of gets into because you literally release chemicals, right? When you're, when something good happens, your, your body, your brain releases the chemical, the good, feel good chemicals. So you feel really high. And when something bad happens or something doesn't go the way you want, it releases bad chemicals. So, um, I, I think there's a little bit of a balance to that. I'll even add one more kind of last asterisk for, for our listeners that I think is super critical that I've been applying to my life recently is it's great to have expectations, mm. but you want to also be cognizant that those expectations aren't going to drive your a, your work ethic and B when you're working on something that's, that's a job or a venture, like that is not your entire world. So you can't pour all of your happiness and your and your self-worth into that. You need to have self-worth for who you are as a human being, how you treat others, and the impact you're making on your friends and family and close and and people close to you in your circle. And the rest will come. So I think having X, I'm not telling everybody to not have expectations. What I am saying though is that a lot of the times when you have these expectations, they're either super high and unrealistic or there, or you, and, and a lot of the times it's because you set the expectation way too short. You said, I'm going to have this, I'm going to get this in two weeks when it's a two year plan. And then you get your hopes down or you've poured so much of your happiness into that, that your expectation is this is going to fix my, this is going to make me happy when I get here. And nine times out of 10, the journey, if you, if you embrace the journey and embrace that struggle and you enjoy that, then like, you know, it'll feel good when you get to the top, but you really don't, you don't want your happiness to dwell on that. So I just think that's something that, you know, I, I, for me, at least I've really, I've really shifted gears and where I, where I get happiness from, um, what fulfills me is this unscripted exchanges fulfills a huge part of my heart and soul. It does. It, I enjoy it. I love 
the grind. I love the fact that I've got something that's challenging me and pushing me and I'm having to like try different things and get uncomfortable. And I like that. Right. Cause it's something I've never done before, but I also know that like, if I were to just to look at like what our, our what our goals were and, and drive all my happiness towards that, like it's not going to get us anywhere. That's going to affect my worth. At it, and that's going to affect my, my positive attitude. So I, I have to believe that over time, We'll get to where we want to go, but until that time comes, I got to enjoy the ride. Say it louder for the folks in the back. I love it all, 1,000%, as I like to say. Cole, I say we wrap up tonight's episode. I'm going to give you the honors to close us on out. Hey, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. We are having so much fun engaging with you guys, talking through these different ideas, learning, expressing ourselves, and we're excited for what's to come. And we, we are having some some exciting guests on. We've got our merchandise line. Uh, we're going to start releasing some, some shorter, probably mid-form YouTube videos. And if you're looking for uh, you know somebody to, to get, lend an ear and, and give you some advice on, on what you've got going on in your life, we'd be happy to give our two cents and be a part of that. Not because we get anything out of it other than the feeling that we're impacting you guys. So keep listening, keep tuning in. We appreciate you. Hayden, as always, man, you're a rock star. I love it. I enjoy this every single time. Right back at you. Thank you all. God bless. We'll talk to you next time.